I'm, I'm really excited by all kinds of things, and I'm going to tell you why I'm really excited, because as a bloke, I don't always give it away. This is my sad face. This is my happy face. So I'm going to tell you. And what I'm excited about is that God seems to be moving around this country in a way we haven't seen him move for a long time. Uh, Absolutely. And I think we need to get stuck into what God is doing. There is a river that's flowing through our country. Uh, It might not be a mighty river yet, but a river nevertheless that God is asking us to leap into. Uh, We might be tempted to say, well, we'd like the river over here. But God says, no, this is where the river is. uh, And will you jump in it? And the reason I'm excited is because it involves a new wave of prayer. It involves a reawakening of what it means to be God's people, not just encouraging others in their ones and twos to come to faith in Christ, however fab that is. But imagine instead of that, imagine this church being full, which it will be, but imagine this church being full and London Road being revived, reawakened and renewed as a community. Imagine the areas around this church that are known now all around the world for prostitution and murder. If you say Ipswich on the planet, I've heard of Ipswich. That's that place. Imagine if God was to move in such a way that this place became known for something totally different. That's what God's beginning to do in different parts of the country. And I'm really excited because young people, any young people in the house? Six. And I'm really excited, and Tony, uh, six and Tony, uh, I'm re- because young people are leading the way in what God is doing. God is stirring something, and we need to be part of it, and young people are leading the way. Think about what's happening. Think about a movement like 24-7 prayer that started just 10 years ago, when a group of young people said, we read about prayer being dynamic and powerful in the Bible, we read about prayer changing things, prayer in my church isn't like that. Anyone said that? They said, what would it be like if we got together and for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for a month, we started to pray? That prayer meeting 10 years ago has not stopped. And as a result of that prayer room and that praying, there are now 6,300 plus prayer rooms all around the world in 96 different countries. And it's not a young people's movement, but it's being powered and energized and led by young people that have a passion that some of us, myself included, need to recapture. Think about what God's doing through something like Prayer Storm up in the northern part of uh, the country, even further north than Ipswich. Uh, And uh, the amazing thing is this. God is raising young people up to pray like you would not believe. The most powerful, most committed praying I saw for the general election, and boy did they need it, was by young people. And God's doing something in our land. Think about the churches that have taken this community transformation, this kingdom coming principle of the gospel, uh, and are making a difference in their area. They're energized and led by so many young people people and our young people are leading the way too wasn't that radio thing just great and uh, uh and listen to the one that you missed this morning unless you were over 55 and then you heard it without doubt because that's the way it works you become 55 and suddenly there is a new radio station in town bbc radio suffolk that was just a joke it's all right you can write looking at me is he mad you can listen to it if you're younger than 55 it's just all strange 
Um, and they're leading the way. Two weeks ago, our young people in one of our small groups began prophesying to each other and speaking God's word into their lives. Uh, uh, I put some of Claire's comments about that on my blog a week or so uh, ago. God is moving in amazing ways, and he's doing so much with young people. And young people, we need your help. We need your help uh, when we launch a prayer room. Find out about that at the church uh, meeting next time. We need your help at the church weekend that we might usher in a new movement of prayer. We need your help as we prayer walk in July, as we've started talking about as well. God is doing doing some great things uh, among us. So, I want us to think about a story that involves uh, God calling a young person. And my prayer is that I'm going to stay young enough at heart to stick with what God's doing. Will you stay young enough at heart to stick with what God is doing? I hope you've got your Bible still open. Samuel, uh, it was there right at the beginning of of chapter 3, verse 1. And the first thing you notice, look how the story uh, begins. Three words. The boy, Samuel. The boy, Samuel. All this happened, God called him when he wasn't old enough to be called a man, but only able to be called a boy. We show our prejudice when we say he's only a boy, or she's only a girl. God never says he's only. You're never too young for God to call you. When the church, any church, this church, gives you the impression that the important people are those who are old and wise and were around with Noah, so why weren't they drowned? When the church gives you that impression, I want you as young people, A, not to believe it, And B, to know that God calls boys like Samuel and boys like David and Jeremiah and Timothy and Jesus. God calls people when they are young. And suddenly, if you're a little bit older, you might be a bit worried now. So if you're a little bit older, then remember that God used Abraham at his best after he was 100. And Noah, and God did something incredible with Noah when he was 600. So there's hope for all of us uh, that God will use us in good time. And about a thousand years later, after God called Samuel, there was a a young man called Timothy who was fired up for Jesus and he wanted to make a difference and he belonged to his church and his church were a bit, well, he's a bit young and he's a bit that. And Paul wrote to him and said these words, don't, don't let anyone, what? Look down, look down on you because you are young. If we ever make you feel like because you're young, somehow you're less than ready for what God wants to do with your life, then, then you must tell us to shut up. And you must, by this verse, by your example of faith and the way that you live, prove to the rest of us that God calls young people to do incredible things today. Don't let anyone, sometimes that anyone is you, Sometimes we look down on ourselves, don't we? In a world where everybody's older, I look down on myself because I'm young. In a world where I perceive everyone's this or everyone's that and I'm not, I look down on my... Do not look down because you are young. So, God calls Samuel the boy. And you might say, hey, but I'm not a boy. I'm a girl. Any girls in the house? Seven. Seven. <laughs> Heaven say. It's a complicated question. Any girls in the house? Yeah. Good. 
Do you know there's something that every girl, I think, needs to know? Every girl, I think, needs to know that arguably the greatest call God ever made on a human life, arguably the biggest part someone ever played, certainly the greatest self-giving and most honoured around the world, was a girl, Mary. When God said to Mary, you might be young and you might be pushed to the edges, I want to use you for my purpose. Thank God that it wasn't some religious committee who would have said, no, not Mary, she's too young and she's too... uh, female. But God said, no, Mary, that's the one. Boys and girls, young men, young women, old men, old women, God calls us all to be part of this story. And just after Jesus had gone up into heaven and he poured out his power, we call it the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, they remembered something that God had said a long time ago through a prophet named Joel. What a great name, Joel. And it says, God will do something with young men and old men, young women and old women. He'll do something with everybody who wants to be part of his story. So, I hope you've noticed, firstly, the boy Samuel. Secondly, notice the big story. God was calling Samuel to be part of something really big. He was a piece in the great picture that was unfolding. Verse 11, you can see it on the screen or in your Bible in front of you. The Lord said to Samuel, eventually when Samuel realized it was God that was calling him, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. I'm going to do something that's going to amaze everyone. I'm going to do something that's going to astound all those who hear about what I am doing. And I want you, Samuel, even though you think you're only a boy, I want you to be part of it. I want you to be a big piece in my big plan. And we're seeing this mirrored all over the world as God is stirring people to do new things. And God's calling young people who might think they're only boys and they're only girls, but God's calling them to go further than we've gone. And God's calling them to punch bigger holes in the darkness than we might ever punch in the darkness. And God's calling them to do things maybe different to us, but to see a transformation that we perhaps have only dreamed on. And we're going to applaud them in and pray them in, aren't we? Eight of us. Fantastic. In just a few chapters, Samuel is leading a revival of the whole nation. It was then Samuel who, against all odds, chose a young boy called David who became the greatest king of Israel and it was David's kingdom that became the promise of Jesus and it was Jesus who came and died and rose again and that's why we're here. Could Samuel have been part of a bigger story? No. God came to the boy Samuel and called him to be part of a big story. You see, the truth is, all of us want to be part of a big story. There's nobody here, I don't think, that wasn't, doesn't want to be in their hearts part of something bigger than who they are. To leave our mark. We want to be on the winning team, to achieve, to conquer. We want our lives to matter, to count for something. So why do boys and men, sorry for the stereotyping for a moment, love action films? And then why do boys rush out into the garden? and fight like Prince Caspian, or win the day like James Bond, or save the world like Doctor Who. Because inside them is that longing. I want to be like that. I want to be a hero. I want to be someone that saves the day, that makes a difference, and gets the girl. We're made for a big story. 
A few weeks ago, we had a lovely lunch at uh, Adrian and Julie Kites. Adrian's, uh, uh, Julie's our head of evangelism, and uh, uh, most of you here will know Adrian and Julie. They've got two boys. We've got two boys. Our two boys uh, had gun envy. <laughs> and they really wanted a Nerf gun. And I, as a cunning parent, saw a window of opportunity to get my boys to do something they would not normally do for the reward, read bribe, of said guns. My boys complied faster than you would ever imagine two boys to comply to a task from their father they did not want to complete. And so, into our house this coming week arrived two Nerf guns and the three women who live with us, one wife and two daughters, in case you're worried about that scenario, the, two, the, the three women living with us started packing their bags uh, to leave. The golden rule, don't point the gun at anyone which made the second rule unnecessary, but we've used it an awful lot. Don't shoot the gun at anyone. And then the other night, it was just going brilliant. Girls were off doing girly stuff, and Joel and I set up a firing range in the lounge, which is an obvious place. And uh, they're, they're on the coffee table, just the right height, behind the sofa, everything sorted. We're firing these pellets right across the room, knocking down all these uh, 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 things. And it was going just swimmingly. Until... Joel went to pick up some of the bullets and raised his backside tantalizingly in the air. And there I am with big, massive bazooka in my hand and the parent who's been pleading for a son to show restraint opened a whole round of bullets mercilessly on his son right the way across the land. I tell you, it was just fantastic. For a moment, I was conquering the entire world. As a parenting technique, it turned out to be a pretty poor decision. And introducing the rule the next day became a lot more demanding. But the longing to be part of a bigger story. You watched Britain's Got Talent last night, and some of you won't admit it, but you did. And what's the the force, the driving force? People who, against all odds, will stop at nothing, not even national humiliation, in the impossible chance of winning. I want to be famous. I want to achieve. I want to be part of this something that's bigger than me. It's the longing that's reflected in posters that adorn the walls of almost every teenager in our land. In fact, it's not just young people. We see it everywhere. People wanting something bigger than themselves, wanting to belong to something that's more than just them. That's why in a few weeks' time, grown men will attach flags to their cars. Grown men will wear football shirts two sizes too small for them and still think they look cool. And for a brief moment, the hopes and the dreams of the entire nation will be channeled mercilessly into 11 players on a football field. If they fail, we fail. If they win, well, they won't. We'll get knocked out against Germany in the semi-final on penalties. That's what happens every time. And the whole country will be plunged into utter despair. The longing. Be part of something bigger. The longing, just maybe for a brief moment, to belong to something, to be on the winning side. A few weeks ago, a funeral director was lamenting with me how poorly Ipswich Town have been playing recently. I don't know whether anyone's noticed that, but it's been um, slightly less than average for a while. 
And he said, we need them to win. Why? Because he's interested in football? No, he said, I I couldn't care about football. We need them to win because it will boost the morale of the town. Is our psyche really dependent on the success of a football team? Or how revealing? We're all looking for something to believe in. We're all longing for something bigger than ourselves to belong to. Trouble is, even if you become part of a big story, it's not really that big. Most stories come and go. Leona Lewis, that was a big story, wasn't it? Most of your children won't know who she is. Joe McKeldry, Alexandra Burke, JLS, they'll come and they'll go. However big that story, however much we thought, that's a story to be part of, because that story's big. No, it's small, because it will come and it will go almost as fast as it came. God calls you to be part of His big story, the biggest story of all, the biggest story that's come and is still coming and will always come, the story that will never end, the story that will change the world that will make every difference in lives around the globe, a story that will be celebrated forever in heaven. That's something to believe in. That's something to belong to. And God says, and God says, I'm calling you. You see, if you've noticed the boy Samuel and you've noticed the big story, finally, I want you to see the bottom line. The bottom line. Have you heard God call you to be part of the biggest story ever? That's the bottom line. You see, Samuel needed help to understand what he was hearing. Remember that? I think I'm hearing my name being called. And uh, and, oh, I get up, it must be Eli. And he walls up. Eli says, no, go back to bed. I haven't called you. There's this noise, this calling in my head. He gets up a second time. Eli says, no, I haven't called you. Gets up a third time. Eli, the old man, wise enough by then, understands what's happening. Samuel needed to understand what he was hearing was God calling him. And I think we need to understand that what we're hearing in our lives and in our hearts is God calling us. And maybe you need an old man like me, like an Eli, this morning to come and just highlight maybe what you're hearing is God calling you. And you say, Simon, I don't hear anything. Honest, I think you do. I think you do. Many of us are hearing something, but we don't know what it is. Many of us are hearing God's calling. We just haven't seen it, but that's what it is. Young people especially, every time you feel you want to be part of something big, It's a God in heaven saying, I want you to be part of something big. That's why I made you. Every time there's a yearning in you for more, every time there's a longing for your life to count for something, every push to make a difference, to win, to conquer, to save the day, every voice inside you that cries for something bigger than who you are, there's a God in heaven saying, hey, here's the biggest story and I want you to be part of this with me. Those yearnings are there by God. Think about that when you watch Britain's Got Talent, channeled ridiculously in the wrong way. But why the person has that yearning to be part of something great is because God made them that way. If only they could find it in him and not singing out of key on a Saturday night. It's a part of the Bible called Wisdom Writings. And it says this, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Remember, when you are young and you are thinking about life, you are thinking about what you want to achieve, what you want success to be, remember your creator. Why? 
because then you will remember that you've been made for a purpose, made for a mission, created for a challenge. That which you instinctively feel you want to be part of, you've been made that way. And you see, if you don't, then the days of trouble will come. Because years later, maybe you'll, you found a few little stories, a few good things to be part of, but they'll come and they'll go, and you'll think it's gone. That was my story, but it's gone. And you'll say, I find no pleasure in them now. It's come and it's gone. Remember, in the days of your youth, that you're made for a purpose. Hey, some of us here waited 50, 60 years to work it out, didn't we? Not sure whether you're willing to admit that. Go, hmm, no, I didn't. Hey, we long for people when you're young to suss it when you're young, don't we? Hey, if, any, if we could say anything to people this morning, we'd say, work it out when, find an Eli and say, I've got all this in my head. I feel I'm made for something. I don't know what it is. I feel inside my heart my, uh, that there's something more to my life than just this. Surely there's more than this. God's calling. Find an Eli, find a Claire, find a someone to help you see that God's calling you. And every yearning in you for more is from him. So as God said to Samuel, hey, I'm about to do something amazing. Samuel, I want you to be part of it. I have to tell you, God's doing something amazing just now. And he's saying he wants you to be part of it.